of God, right? These children here, they were knit together in their mother's wombs. These children here, they were loved by God before they could speak the name of God. They were chosen by God before they could speak their first word. These are the kind of lessons we want to teach our children here at Taft. These are the kinds of lessons we seek to teach our children in our homes. These are the kinds of lessons we seek to teach our children at TCA. Each day, may they celebrate life. Each day, they, may be, may, they know we are committed to their health and their well-being. Today, we're going to look at our passage to the church in Philippi. In that passage, we will discover that Paul has a message for each people group here, if you will, this morning, and seek God's wisdom for living fully for him. Let's pray. God, I pray that as we open your word, the words of my mouth, meditations of our hearts would be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Please read this with me. I just love this. I have amazing potential. I can make good choices. I am never alone. I can do hard things. I am beautiful inside and out. I am of great worth. God has a plan for me. I know who I am, a daughter or son of God. I just love that quote. Isn't that beautiful? You know, if I will, there are three people groups here this morning who I think the scriptures talk to, and I'd like to talk to you as well. There are the very young chosen children of God, right? We have right here the very young who are chosen children of God. That's one of our groups. A second group we have here are those who are young to middle-aged. How many of you know that middle-aged is a fluid term, right? <laughs> middle-aged is a very fluid term. All righty, so put yourself where you want to be. And then lastly, there are the well-seasoned among us. Again, a fluid term. Some of us might find we have one foot here and one foot here. I digress. We're going to look at Paul's counsel to all three of those groups, the young, the young adult, and the well-seasoned, if you will. We're going to find lessons in nature to teach us as well about those groups and see it lived out in Paul's life in the Acts 9 story. So we're going to look first at the message of that people group I called the young to middle age, which many of us hope to think we're still in. And then we'll do the message to the young, and then we'll close with the message to the well-seasoned in Philippians 1. And they follow our theme of what we talked about last week here at church. What is our song to God in our daily living? And Paul continues to encourage them to have a song of happiness, joy, and gladness. So let me put verse 19 up here. Please read it with me again. I am going to keep on being glad, for I know that as you pray for me, and as the Holy Spirit helps me, this is all going to turn out for my good. I want to tell you, it's easy to be unhappy. There's a million reasons we can tell people we are unhappy. Matter of fact, we can tell people why it's not possible that we could be happy. I mean, after all, I'm beaten down by life. How could I be happy? I'm trapped in my current 
life experience, not able to do what it is I was born to do, how could I possibly be happy? Oh, look at those other people. They've got it way better than I do. And if they've got it better than I do, I've got it worse than them. And if I'm worse than them, then I can't possibly be happy. Therefore, happiness is not an option in my life. Anyone ever been there? Right? I could confess, perhaps I've been there before in my life. It makes me so grateful for the words of Paul in Philippians chapter 1 that it addresses these kinds of things. Reminder, Paul started the church in Philippi around 49 AD. This is about 13 years later, around the year 62 AD, that Paul is now writing the church in Philippi. He has been beaten down, am I right? With real whips, real shipwrecks, real deprivation. He is trapped in a Roman prison for real. He's trapped. Others have it better than him, including the audience to whom he is writing. And you know what Paul says? Happiness is my own only option for the Lord is with me read with me if you will Philippians 4 4 rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice say it with me rejoice in the Lord always again I say rejoice now Paul says in our verse 19 that everything's going to turn out for my good that word turn out for my good is uh, the word turnout means delivered, that he's going to be delivered. And good is soteria. Soteria means heaven or safety or well-being. He doesn't know if he's ever going to see the Philippian church again, but he knows that God will deliver him with well-being. God will deliver him to safety. And if not, then God will deliver him to heaven one day. And so he was confident in his Lord. He will sing of God's goodness that his heart knows so well because he sung that song all through his life. This is the message to children in our lives. May we sing the song of God's goodness for them to hear. I read something recently about songbirds that encouraged me on this subject. Songbirds are a bird that learn how to sing. People who study birds, not me, but people who study birds have, no, have discovered that when a songbird is born, they babble, much like baby talk, if you will. But the songbirds listen to what their parents sing. They hear the rhythm. They hear the syllables. They hear the tone. They see the expression on their faces. And somewhere between weeks 4 to 12, the birds have heard the songs often enough that they then are singing that song for the rest of their lives. What if our children, in their formative years, hear the clear, consistent song of Paul? What if our children in their formative years are reminded again and again of simple life truths like the ones we learned as we've looked at corduroy these last few weeks? 
yeah, we may feel like we're missing a button. We may feel like we are incomplete because the world tells us so. But in God, we are complete. In God, we are made whole. Yes, in life, we will find times when we've knocked over a floor lamp and we're laying on the ground. We're lost. We're likely in trouble. We're scratching our head because we're nervous. Our children need to know that in God, they find forgiveness. We'll all be there. But in God, we find forgiveness. Third lesson we did from Corduroy. Sometimes life puts us back on the shelf. Right? We've been knocked for a loop, and we need to sit there and be quiet for a while till God can get the message in our brain that we need to hear. And praise God that then God puts us out into the world again and says, go and tell the people the good news, that God loves you and God loves them as well, and indeed we are put back into service. And then from today, in him we find our home in God, we find our family. In God, we find our church. In God, we find people who say to us, we like you just the way you are. Not gonna get that out in the world. I pray that our young ones will hear these lessons, learn these lessons, and sing along with these lessons. Then they'll be ready for what we read earlier in chapter, in verse 20. Read it with me, if you will. For I live in eager expectation and hope that I will never do anything that will cause me to be ashamed of myself, but that I will always be ready to speak out boldly for God. This is what Paul prays for himself, right? Says, it's what I want for myself. What an answer to prayer this would be for our generation. When it says he's living in eager expectation, the Greek under there is that my eyes will stay fixed on Jesus because I know if they're fixed on Jesus, I'm going to be going the right way and I can eagerly expect him to show me the path to walk therein. How many of us could give testimony this morning to the fact that when they've looked to Jesus, he has showed you the way, right? We could give testimony to that in our personal lives this morning. May our children have the song of Christ that comes from them continually keeping their eyes upon Christ. May they see that they indeed are of great beauty to God. May they hear the truth that God loves all his children. And may they grow into that truth so that they will want to be in God's service as well. This is what we sing here. May they sing that in their lives wherever it takes them. So I told you we'd talk about the middle of our population here this morning, our younger and our older. Paul tells the believers in Philippi to hold on to being glad. That's a message we could all use, but especially those who are in that middle group 
where life is tempting to get us to get down, we can continue to be glad. What a good message that is. That's a message my heart needs to hear, that I need to keep singing the song of God's goodness. Paul prays for himself to keep his eyes so focused on God that he would not act in shameful ways. Again, a message all of us can hear and a message we can help our young ones to sing with a little nuance where maybe they're singing, I love God so much, I want to do what God would have me to do. Now Paul moves to the council to the well-seasoned among us, if you will. We're going to focus our attention on verses 23 and 24. Here Paul sings the song of many a heart. Again, please read it with me. Sometimes I want to live, and at other times I don't, for I long to go and be with Christ. How much happier for me than being here, but the fact is that I can be of more help to you by staying. Paul, at this point in his life, is very well seasoned. He's so old, he's somewhere between 57 and 67. I believe that includes some of us. Back then, 50 was old. 60 was really old. Medicine, hospitals, etc. right? They just weren't there. Let's think again about the life situation old man Paul was living. He's in Rome, in prison. We know from what he tells us his eyesight is going. He's far from the wealth and riches of his Jewish upbringing where he was a religious leader, respected and blessed with lots of financial resources. He's far from his Philippian church which he nurtured and loved and where he too was nurtured and loved. And he chooses happiness. Even though he says himself, he feels trapped. That word trapped is interesting. That word trapped is senecha. Senecha means trapped between two walls, and there's only one way to go, which is straight ahead. Some of us may be able to relate to this today, if you will. And believe me, I'm talking to myself in this well-seasoned group. Your body is not able to do what your mind tells you to do. You know you are old by the way people look at you and talk to you and race up to you at Harris Theater and say, did you get the senior citizen discount? You can see heaven. You can taste heaven. You long for heaven. Yet like Paul, you've been called to stay a little longer. Like Paul, you know you've been called to make a difference while you're in this world a little bit longer. Your voice is weary, but the song of gladness still comes forth. Your eyes are fading, 
but you still see the chance to make a difference for God in the days you have. You're not sure what tomorrow holds. How many tomorrows you have, you have no idea. But you will continue to sing. You will keep on living. You will choose to love. You will speak words and let folks know that you rejoice in every minute that God gives us to serve on this earth. Amen and amen. Let's pray. We thank you, God. You are so good to us. Wherever we are at in our life experience, wherever we are at in the life spectrum, if you will, may we be your people who rejoice that you are our God. And may we share that with others. And may our children hear that message from us.